Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there, welcome to the show that is brought to you with Levi Solicitors. There's that 10% discount on your legal fees if you go through us at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan and I'm joined by Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. And we have the summer special out. Grab yours before the season starts, before we get around to issue one of our magazine. It's a sensational read, 228 pages. The big headline article is an interview with Leeds United's Director of Football, Victor Orta, and it's not about transfers, is it, Moscow? It's about... Other stuff. I thought I'd give him a break from all that. I did, when I first met him, say, can you tell me what's going on with Rodrigo de Paul? But that was just to break the ice. Um, the rest of it was about him, about his childhood, actually. We went a little bit um, psychiatrist's couch. It probably won't surprise anybody to learn that he was a football nut from the age of six, but it might surprise people that the depth and the extent to which his passions run. And it explains a lot about how he became who he is now and also why he is how he is now. I think one of my favourite discovery in it all, to slightly give some of the game away, is that when he won the Copa del Rey as the director of football at Sevilla, mm-hmm. he spent all of his bonus buying a complete uh, set of back issues for a Brazilian football magazine. 2,000 copies of which he has, he's, he's opened maybe eight or nine, but he has to have them. I think it's not unfair to describe him as obsessive. That's one way to put it. And His word is a freak. <laughs> Stupid fucking freak is a direct <laughs> quote from Victor Orta about himself. Uh, and that's available via the squareball.net. Have a look at that. Football's back, baby. And we're on board. Geisley, Blackburn, Fleetwood, Beatis, whoever. That's all happening in the next seven days. It's good to have it back, isn't it? We've had a little lull post-Euros. We've had some time to think, reflect, and now the season is creeping up on us. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, although I'm not going, which is a bit of a shame. I could, could quite fancy going to one of these games, but um, as, we'll, as we'll touch on, tickets are now impossible to get. Oh, well, they are for everyone and always have been, actually. But yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing them back, seeing how Junior Furpo looks. That's always quite exciting, isn't it? When you get your first little glimpse of a new thing. And you can write him off in a matter of minutes. <laughs> when he gets skinned by a, a League One right winger within five or ten minutes of his debut, we can say how shit he is. But no, it'd be nice to see him. So And all the rest of the lads, because they have a great bunch of lads and I've missed them. Will you be taking advantage of the Live Now special offer to watch these games? How much it's is it? Big saving. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it's not, is it? It's Moscow. You can, uh, you can get a bundle of uh, the Blackburn Fleetwood and uh, Real games for eleven ninety nine, or you can buy them separately and save three pence. <laughs> Surely the idea of a bundle is that you save money, but no. Yeah, well, I don't three pence. I don't know if they're going to no, throw. No, it's the, it's the other way around. If you buy, oh, them, yes, sorry, the if bundle you... is three pence more expensive than buying them separately. <laughs> they're two ninety nine, three ninety nine, and two ninety nine. I think is how it adds up. But then there is a oh. special offer bundle. I don't know if they're going to throw the Ajax game in at the end of that. That's the only way I can see it I making think there is, yeah. sense. But they've not said anything about that. So as it stands, you can either buy the games one by one or pay three pence more to buy them all together. Transaction fees, that's where they'll sting you. That's where they'll sting you. That's where the saving will be. Yeah, I mean, that's it's good that it's on live now global. And, and you know, in the absence of a TV channel that Leeds United have, say, for example, called Leeds United Television, it makes sense to put it there, doesn't it? It is a little bit strange. I mean, it's not strange because it's Roger Zani's project isn't it project makes it sound like it's a, it's not a proper business it's a proper business that Rodrizani owns and I mean hopefully it'll be it'll work well I assume we're still going to have Bryn and Dorigo or whoever on commentary don't know do we know that I watched the um, uh, awards on it and that looked fine apart from having those two idiot freestylers not really knowing what they were doing and the sort of the setup being a bit ropey as a 
platform it works like in terms of logging in and watching something all of that work which feels you know progress compared so does to does that uh, put it on top of League United television in that regard well LUTV has been fine for a while now hasn't it but it historically in pre-season it has tended to shit the bed so that part of things seems to be um relatively under control and it's a funny thing whenever i look at live now you always seem to have like mad actual celebrities doing stuff like i think um what's his face russell brand has got like a show on it now and i'm like how's that on there it's just brad Rizzani's, like thing but it seems to be um gathering some momentum and i guess this is it gets loaded you have to put your email address in to use it in the first place so that's all of the leeds fans kind of ushered into that so we'll all know exactly when russell brand is on it from now on and then also all the people who were on there for their russell brand programs they might you know might just tune into leeds united might want to watch the ac milan ac milan friendlies that are on there as well plenty of choice loads of stuff for you to go at. just i mean you're our sort of technical coaching expert michael mm-hmm. so you know like at the start of the season when we do the streaming of the games, like whether it's LUTV or whether it's live now or whatever, and then it falls over. What what would you do to stop it falling over using your deep technical knowledge of, of these sorts of, of issues? Put more more electricity through it. Uh-huh. That's what that's what happens. You, you, the, the electricity that's going through the cables of the cameras and the, the satellites, etc., mm-hmm. it, it it runs out. Right. So there's not enough of that. So I just put some more more of that through it. Good. Cool. Probably. I thought, just, I thought you were going to be asking about pre-season coaching techniques and stuff, but um, well, we, we will it, come. It's on fine if you want, if you want to move into that now. That that's fine because you know we we will defer to you. I defer to the gentleman because you you know what you're you're talking about. Whereas us fools, we just we're here just in thrall of you. Adam Forshaw shaved his beard. Has he? That's the main thing I've taken from pre-season. Have you seen that? Well, it does tend to come and go. Mm, true. But I mean, it's it's good that he's trying something different. It takes years off him as well. It looks very very young again. Was it was it Samson, the the biblical figure who cut off his hair and lost all his power? Luke Ayling is still got the long hair. I assume. I'm trying to think if I've seen him. He will have one. He's not going to get rid of it. I've seen him on Instagram. In fact, yeah, he had his wedding and everything, didn't he? That's still there. We've not got a problem. So, will you be watching them all? Yeah, might as well. Nothing better to do, is there? No. It's, uh, it'd be good to good to see him. I, I'm assuming we're going to get quite a mixture of reserves and first teams unless we genuinely are playing on planning on playing them consecutive nights which seems a little bit harsh on them I'm still most intrigued by what this um, dicking about with the format's going to be against Fleetwood uh, Simon Grayson promised us some sort of footballing treat wasn't it he was saying that we're going to break the mould do something unconventional keep your eyes peeled that sort of stuff what's he going to do what is there left to do that Derby haven't done already this pre-season they seem to be dominating things play Maybe we'll play without any centre-halves. All our registered players just stay away. Then maybe hit Manchester City centre afterwards and see what's happening there. I was just going to say, it's uh, it's deeply entertaining what's happening there, isn't it? All those chickens have just slowly come home to roost. All the ones that annoyed us when we were there. It almost makes you quite glad that they stayed up because I feel like this is more of a punishment. If they were in League One, they'd have probably just gone into admin and yeah, they'd be starting on minus points or whatever, but it'd at least feel like they could Some, cope in League One, couldn't they? Yeah, and it'd be something of a fresh start. And yeah, they've got because they have got quite a decent under twenty three side, haven't they? As well, Derby like they're in a they're in a decent league and everything. I don't so know they, what he's moaning about then. <laughs> so they could have coped in League One. But I, I hope as what, it is, they're going to go down. I hope what they have to do to um, to balance the books is sell all those under twenty threes at knockdown prices to vulture clubs like us. In fact, I hope we take was it Louis Sibley that we were rumored to be after. Mm. I hope we get Louis Sibley and then loan him to. I was going to say Forest, but no, that that's too high for him. He needs to go to Notts County, Burton, or somewhere. Yeah, somewhere else, Midlandsy. Yeah, they they mainly getting what they deserve, aren't they? They've um, they've broken. They've, they've actually actually not got the, what they deserve because they seem to have pretty much got away with the financial cheating to a large extent. They've not suffered a big old points deduction, have they? So they should, need one. They should really be thankful. They, they're they're deducting points themselves by having no players. And yeah, it does feel like the football league is. Um, not out to get them because that's that's paranoid speak and makes me sound like a swivel-eyed loon from 2007, which I was. But I think there is a keenness within the football family to see that Derby adhere to the rules, shall we say, and they won't be given a lot of wriggle room with their behaviour going forward. Is that fair? I think it's very fair, yes. Um, they're supposed to be resubmitting those accounts, aren't they? And then if those put them out of FFP, then they'll punish them for that and um yeah they've not even sold any well they're not selling season tickets which is never a a good sign for a club's optimism about the may part Mm. of the season no not when you're this close not when you're this close anyway back to leeds and 
I'm looking forward to seeing the, the footage, the photos from Blackburn, because it's been a while since we've had that in the ground. We had a little taste of it with the West Brom game when a handful of people got into Ellen Road, but seeing it'll be a full away end that we'll get footage of, and however few Blackburn fans go, they'll all go, oh, well, look at that, fans, people. Because we'll probably have more fans than them, I reckon. There was talk about extending our allocation, but that hasn't happened, has it? But can you still buy tickets in the Blackburn end? It sounds like Plod have had a word, and it's only people who were previously on Blackburn's database who can buy them, and they uh, said no to getting more tickets for Leeds because, well, we know what happens when lots of Leeds fans come into town. I mean, everything's reopening now anyway. You might as well let it spread in Blackburn. That's what I say. I think it's more a disorder issue rather than (laughs) disease issue, but, you know, by the by. Uh, but yeah, no, it'll be nice to see everyone back in action. Here's a question for you. Blackburn playing blue and white halves. What kit are we going to wear? Our new yellow kit, which I don't know if it exists. It exists on the um, the websites where you can buy fake kits. It's nice. It's almost too nice to have, to be a Leeds kit, the one that's on there at the moment, because it's like a old yellow shirt with blue trim on it. It's got some kind of triangular pattern within the shirt a bit like the umbro ones. Oh, is this the uh, the fan mock-up that you saw? Well, it? it's the, the, you can buy them on on the internet, it seems at the moment, from, right. from dubious uh, Chinese websites. So whether or not they've actually made these or they've taken orders for something that they've not yet seen and are going to ho- hopefully get a look at. But they, they have been oddly accurate in the past of these things. You can also buy the, the leaked lilac kit on there as well. Yeah. I notice. And they can't both be true, can they? I think we're probably getting lilac and we're probably getting that dark kit as well because you saw the, um, the video graphics for the reveal uh, of the home kit. Different by design. And it's that kind of dark, kind of inky black, midnight blue kind of colour that's speckled in the background, which we think is the Leaks Awake it, isn't it? That's what it's going to be with that acid yellow colour on the shoulders. I don't mind acid yellow being on the Awake it. I think that's going to be a really good Awake it, that one. I think it looks decent. It reminds me, the, the colour mix of it reminds me a little bit of the, the bus seat capo one they mm. had in the um, Bielsa's first season. And I, I, I think I quite like it to begin with, but then through the season, I kind of grew to love that one. So Yeah. Yeah, better than the home shirt anyway. Have you seen that Spurs away shirt as well that's quite reminiscent of the bus seat kit? Mm. That's uh, interesting. I don't mind it at all, actually, weirdly. I know a lot of people have said it's absolutely dog shit, but I, I don't mind it for a bit of a a bit of something different. It's it's far enough out there, isn't it, that it's entertaining. And uh, I saw a tweet, which I think I retweeted from the square ball, actually, that it, it's what a, uh, a travel lodge room looks like under a UV light. <laughs> the, the spattering of various things in the darkness. But yeah, uh, home kit, has it grown on you at all? Because I wasn't a fan at all, but then you see it on Rafinha and you think, oh, it looks all right now. It always looks better on a professional athlete. athletic men, doesn't it? That's why models are models, because you see things online and it looks good on them and then you arrive, it arrives and you look like a complete sack of shit in it yourself. <laughs> I don't know. It's it, I don't like it particularly. It looks much better on Rafinha than it did just on a hanger. It looks better now it's been balanced a bit. We've got the, the sleeve sponsor, which was is boxed, obviously, that we seem to have been waiting for. So there's a bit more blue on it. The numbers look like they might be blue, but I'm not quite sure yet. So you've got a little bit of a balance of the blue and the yellow. So the yellow's not as prominent. I just, I don't know. I just not, I can't quite love it yet. It's kind of what I was saying last week about Adidas kits. There's not a lot they can do with them unless you're in the top ranks where you can get like bespoke fabrics and stuff. So the only things they really have designed on this are the collar and the colour of the stripes. And I think the things that I don't like about it are the collar and the colour of the stripes. The details. So all the other stuff that they haven't done anything with is fine. But then the stuff that they've actually tried, I'm like, nah. But as I also said last week, when you're watching them just running around on a pitch from a distance... It's fine. It's a white kit, isn't it? So it's Leeds United. It's uh, fine. And I th- what I was going to say was I think sponsors have an influence on this as well. If you quite like the sponsor, then you can't quite like the kit a little bit more. Like, have you seen, like, you know, the, the scumbags, the red scumbags? They've got that team viewer. I mean, they've always traditionally had a relatively strong sponsor on their shirt, haven't they? Because, I mean, like it or not, they've they've got a bit, of, uh, a bit of clout in the football market. But that team viewer looks really, really cheap. And it's made their home kit, which presumably they're quite, top tier Adidas it's made their home kit look shit yeah I mean Spotop is always going to be a bit of a difficult sell because it's not a, a brand you've heard of and the logo looks terrible so hmm. I mean and mind you did I think highly of Thistle Hotels at the time probably not and Packard Bell I mean yeah but you can't tell me that you didn't enjoy pressing the circular bit of that Thistle on the Thistle Hotels logo that that had weight to it 
I feel we need to bring that back, the fuzzy felt 3D sponsors, because they... It's more so on the kids' one, but you know the kids' one's got the massive JD logo on it. The dinner plate, yeah. That's just going to all crack and peel off and look crap. Whereas the the Packard Bell on some of my old shirts and the Thistle Hotels, even though that's, the the Thistle did sometimes fall off actually on some of them, but that stayed nice and satisfying. And you could you could occasionally like pick the lint off it, which was quite nice because yeah. then it got it got stuck on in the washing machine. So bring bring that back. What's happened to shirts that that that's not viable? Is it unethical now or something to have? Did it did you have to kill pandas or something to? To produce the the correct padding, it's probably something to do with how shirts are produced. I guess now now they just manufacture them all blank, don't they? In the far east, in some sort of sweatshop, and then ship them over here six months ahead of time, and then the iron on the the sponsors when that deal's done. But yeah, I'd like to see like a flock finish. And you're right about picking the lint off. Like hours of fun making strongbow on my white shirt, making that, that black again because mm. it had gone a little bit white and a bit grain. You know, picking up the dust in the in the washing machine. Oh, happy times, eh? Happy times. Different by design, slightly different template. It's different to Cardiff's by not the design, by the colours. Because it, it's Cardiff's kit in different colours is the other slightly upsetting thing about it. What do we make of all the different by design stuff? I cringed a little bit at it. I think it was, like, a bit, it was trying to generate a bit of exceptionalism about it, and I just thought, I kind of thought, a bit Liverpooly, a bit Liverpooly. No, I quite, I quite like it. I mean, it, it's got attitude. It's you know, you don't take it too seriously. It's fine. I think what stuck in the craw a little bit more was, you know, the free shirts that uh, the PR company's been sending out to the non-Leeds fans to generate some buzz online or whatever it is that they're doing, which, you know, I'm fine with. But it's it's that opening the box and seeing that football is for the fans thing and they haven't joined the dots on that and realised that they're giving it to non-Leeds fans. There might be football fans, some of them, but they're not Leeds fans. So if they, you know, if they put something like spread the word or something like that, you know, then you go, ah, makes sense. But... That I don't know just doesn't quite sit correctly with me. I don't know. I don't know. But you know, we're picking on minor details here. But it, I know people. Some people have got a little bit annoyed at it, or the idea that it's a viral marketing exercise has got a little bit lost. Talking about sending the shirts off to these influencers, by the way. I think there's a double standard in it, really, because I was perfectly fine with good celebrities getting them. I thought it was quite cool that Sugar Ray Leonard got one, and even though I didn't, I don't follow American sports, so I didn't know who the I think it was like an ice hockey player and a basketball player got shirts at one point and then they were kind of a big deal. And that, as much as I don't know them, I kind of thought, oh, well, that's that's achieving something. Whereas sending one to an ex-hole player who now does like a FIFA YouTube thing, I did sort of think, yeah, probably not for me. I suppose the thing is, it doesn't actually matter. So it's, you, just, it's just slightly annoying. You would have been pleased that LL Cool J getting a shirt. Yeah, fine. Can you give me some of his hits? <laughs> I've got his page open on Spotify now on my phone. I'm not an LL Cool J fan, but I do know who he is. Go on, give me name three. No, nope. try, try one. Go it's, on. your, it's your department, this. Go on, just try one. See if you can get one song. Just one. Nope. Not a fan of Mama Said Knock You Out? Oh, yeah, yeah I do know that. <laughs> Phenomenon? Nah, not so sure. Doing it with an apostrophe? You been doing it? Probably not for a while. <laughs> anyway, Boxed is our sleeve sponsor. Excited about that? Disruptors in the, what market is it they're in? Boilers. Uh, I, actually, I actually do slightly know about Boxed because in my old job I did uh, deal with their advertising for a bit. Do you know any songs by Boxed? Uh, <laughs> I know you can get a boiler for a good price. It's quite a good system in fairness. You can like go online and book a book a boiler installation and you send pictures and stuff and it all works via the app. It's, it's quite good. Disruptors then? Yeah, Disruptors. It's, it's probably cheaper than British Gas. That's the advert for Boxed. If you do want to sponsor us, by the way, podcast at thesquareball.net. I did enjoy um, Rafinha. You know, we did the Instagram post where he's done the classic copy and paste, whatever was sent out to the entire group in the group message. Wording will be 2021-22 home kit on sale now. Hashtag different by design. Bless him. We can forgive Rafinha, can't we? He can post whatever he wants, to be honest. Just returning to the issue of away games uh, and away tickets, we did have full clarification on the away ticket policy. And we have percentage breakdowns now of who's getting what and who's going where. And we have super away attendees and away season ticket holders and the tracker and all the rest of it. Yeah, it's not clarification. It's a new away ticket policy. They announced one and then people didn't like it, so they've replaced it. Just give us the the headlines of it, if we can, in a way that's not going to send us all into a coma because we're talking about percentages and tickets and so on and so forth. Well, they've tweaked it at both ends so that people who have been to uh, lots of games in the last few years and built up loyalty um, have more chance of getting tickets, but also retain some stuff at the bottom end so that people who are merely members and have paid to get into uh, the membership kind of ballots side of things can also 
get some. That's what the I think it was um, creating this new class of super away attendees, which is people who have gone to a hundred or more league and cup away games since uh, 2015-16 sort of getting them in as a kind of a a locked in bunch that's what people felt was missing earlier that there was nothing really to say that that loyalty was being rewarded with anything so they've um yeah tweaked the percentages to uh to deal with that the major problem what it all comes down to is that you know we've been used to through all those years going to places like Blackburn, where you can have seven or eight thousand in an away end, and now the the biggest away ends in the Premier League is only three thousand because the Premier League is fucking rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> it is a strange arbitrary number, isn't it? I guess it makes sense to an extent that not all clubs have got the away following that we have, but to get like three thousand tickets, Old Trafford yeah, I mean, doesn't feel like enough, does well, it? Yeah, exactly. Blackburn's total capacity is what twenty four thousand or something like that. I'm, I think, I think, I think Blackburn's a bit bigger. I think, I think it's in All the All right, I'll pick 30s. another one. Fucking hell. <laughs> Whatever. But it's not, how many can you get into Spurs' stadium, yeah. ground boy? Tell me now. <laughs> 60,000 60, capacity, 3,000 seats. Right. So it's 67,000. No, 60,000 overall. It's terracing. 60,000 capacity, same as right. Arsenal. They've just gone over slightly over 60,000, but yeah, you get your standard 3,000 seats. So as a proportion, it's yeah. much less. And the mad thing is, if Spurs get relegated, then fill it up with the way fans can't. They can suddenly give it a massive end. It's all this Premier League uh, rule is that um, you've got to have a maximum of 3,000. Although Brentford is tiny, they're letting these shitty little clubs into the um, the Premier League by accident. And so <laughs> letting them in. There's even smaller away ends. And so that's the big problem is that it, it's been hard enough getting to away games in the Championship when there was plenty of room, but it just simply you cannot get all the Leeds fans who want to go to away games into these away ends without upsetting some people. So it's kind of working the way around that and trying to uh, keep as many people as happy as possible while also making that room, as we've uh, talked about previously, room for people to get on the bandwagon because you do need people to join in these things. Otherwise, 50 years from now, there's nobody there. And hopefully the, like... The super away attendees, that 9.5% isn't forever set in stone and it evolves season to season. So if you do manage to accrue more loyalties, you start going, then you can be rewarded for it. I think that's the thing. It needs to be a, it needs to be able to move, doesn't it? As people's lives move, where people maybe couldn't go to away games because they were too young and had no one to go with and then they want to go, but you can't get a ticket. And at, at the top end, people who maybe went to games stop going, but you don't equally want those people to just keep getting tickets because they don't want to fall off some loyalty bandwagon deer it's it's that's the thing with it It became it becomes a close shop where people will just constantly get a ticket because they fear if they don't get a ticket they'll never get another one and it's trying to encourage some people to to be able to get but get into this system you're never going to please everyone with no, that you know do you think it's a, a pretty decent balance though they've, they've done the best in what is an imperfect system and the fact they've listened as well i think is important it depends who you ask you can ask some people and they'll say that this is a bullshit system and that they've been to however many games over however many years and Everyone's got their own reasons as to why they think they deserve a ticket, I suppose, because whether or not it's... You might have gone to a load of away games, but you've not been to... You've not even got a home season ticket necessarily to be a super away. And if away games are fun, home games have been terrible for years, you know. <laughs> if you went to every home game during the Steve Evans years, maybe maybe you deserve some special algorithmic boost off the back of that if you bought tickets to JPT games. I don't know. The, the least attended games because mm. for example if we were going to Old Trafford you could probably sell 20,000 Leeds tickets for that and you couldn't sell 10,000 tickets for Leeds against Barnet in the League Cup at one point whether or not that should be more points than something else there's I don't know what I do think it's is a pain in the ass to try and judge it the super away attendees should have a special outfit that they have to wear <laughs> in, the, in the away end uh, or have uh, you know, like me I don't know a hat or something like that they all have to get the um, the fancy dress costumes out that they wore to Watford. In uh, that was probably that was earlier than this, in fact, wasn't it? Cause what it was, was that uh, when Napoleon killed a man? Yeah, yeah, it was um, before. And yeah, there is an argument that the super away attendees should be people who went to 100 away games between 2010 and 2015, rather than 2015 and 2020, because we've been good for most of that time. But I think part of the um, the argument is the um, is that kind of tweaking and that. This season in particular, with it being the first time back in the Premier League when fans can actually attend to give the people who were going to those games during that time to have the first season where they won't miss out on anything because it would have been 
mean? I don't know about, I mean, fair and unfair, as you say, it, it kind of, that can be judged in different ways according to who you talk to. But I think for somebody who went to 100 away games over the last five years to then not get one for Old Trafford away on the opening day would be mean, which is a, a different way of um, looking at it. So they've uh, they've accounted to that. So those people should be able to get to all the away games that they want to get to this season and then take them off and then they've kind of they've had it's kind of the loyalty rewarded and then maybe as the the seasons go by you start to change the numbers year on year and maybe you know campaign to the fucking premier league so we can have more away fans in although we don't want to let more in ellen road do just to be clear yeah <laughs> well yeah it's all uh, benefit us but nobody else it's all protection i mean it's all it's all quite weird. it's all about the other thing is the uh 20s plenty campaign and aren't away tickets capped in the the Premier League yeah, in terms of dirty, just yeah, dirty, dirty at 30 or something like that yeah. so the more away fans at 30 quid that Tottenham have the fewer at 500 that they they can sell so that's true yeah. that's where it all comes down to I do feel like it's important to reward people who have been to a load of midweek aways though because like you say Old Trafford on the opening day we probably could sell 20,000 for that and going to Cardiff on a Tuesday night or whatever the people who did that unless it, they live in Cardiff it is well yeah that's true but it is a it is a big sacrifice is is doing those things. You're talking about a couple of days off work, loads of expense on the whole thing, whether or not you're getting trains or buses or driving or whatever. It costs an absolute fortune in terms of your time and your and actual and actual cash. And just to not then be able to do a thing that the popular thing, it would be massively unfair. I think it's only right that people people who are willing to sacrifice those sorts of things get the get the premium jobs as well. The um the value of the shops. <laughs> <laughs> they're being made to it's work. It's a good job. The the value of the £75 membership is put into stark relief when you realise that at best those people are vying for 285 tickets out of 3,000 with that 9.5% allocation from the 3,000 that are available at best. I think they should gather them outside the East Stand and Angus Kinnish should throw the tickets from the, from the roof and let them scramble. Let it rain. They have made one thing better, almost without argument, by moving the on sale times from 10.30 on the, the morning to 1pm so people can... Can have a lie-in, can't you, Moscow? Can have a lie-in or do it in the lunch break or whatever, but that's... Uh, yeah, 10.30 always seemed... Um, I, I wondered how many businesses across Leeds just kind of kept grinding to a halt whenever away tickets went on sale at 10.30 on a Monday morning. And also the Leeds ticket website being as it is, 10.30 can very quickly become 11.30 and you're still waiting for a bar to just progress beyond a certain stage of a screen and then you're checking Twitter and someone's saying they're all gone but you're like well I'm going to stick with it because you never know I've been, I've been waiting this long for a blue bar so I'm going to just hang in there maybe the 49ers with their expertise will come in and revolutionise all this in future hey I mean it, the the tracker thing and the loyalty points it hasn't always been a thing either like there was a point in League One where you used to I think you had to apply for games in batches they released them like five yeah, at a time via email or whatever wasn't it so yeah. you had to say you wanted a ticket for a, a game that was two and a half months away or something at the time, and you just got them, and you were like, "Oh, something's it, come up now." Oh, it, occasionally. it does feel though like like the the Premier League calendar is on a much shorter notice period. I know they try and give you as much notice as possible for the television changes, but even still, it's only ever what six, seven weeks out or something like that. It's it always feels like everything's been moved very late, and, and I know that's probably a symptom of COVID and the fact that no one was in the stadiums as well. That it's felt even more rushed in terms of the schedule and the uh, the televising of games. But they like to they like to piss about, is what I'm saying. I mean, on the plus side, with the, with all the pissing around for TV, at least you can now watch every Leeds game. Yeah. Whereas in in the old days, if you weren't at an away game, you just didn't see it. You had to read a report in the Evening Post and kind of take that or speak to some people who had been there. And the radio's been around a long time, you know. What was it like? Oh, whatever. Yeah, but you you know what I mean. It was yeah. not a. You didn't get the feeling of actually having watched Leeds games. Whereas now, whether or not it's via a proper platform or. The internet will just call it an unconventional. You platform. can you can you can quite easily see every game you want to see now, can't you? So I mean that's something, I, I suppose. I was going to say our away match balls are going to be a bit of a struggle, <laughs> aren't they? If we uh, if we just get to listen on the radio. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, it's all about the little pricks, isn't it? The double jabbings, Urente uh, getting his jab on on Instagram. It looks like the the players are now going to be contractually obliged to be double jabbed to play football, and without going down a you know Lawrence Fox style uh, wormhole here, there are rumours that a double jab is going to be required to get into the football as of autumn, along with nightclubs, which obviously we won't be going. We won't we'll be going into terrible uh, terrible places. Did you think that'll actually happen, or do you think it's just one of those? Come on, everybody now, go get your vaccine type moves by the government. Yeah, I feel like they won't actually enforce this. Even if in theory you have to have a a vaccine certificate or whatever, I think they'll be glancing very briefly at a phone. It'll be like the membership cards for away games where it's like, yeah, in theory, your number has to match your ticket. No one ever checks. It's it's a bit like that um, that steward, that um, video that's gone viral of the steward pretending Mm. to pat somebody down when he's just patting down thin air, that kind of thing. It It does feel like anecdotally that nobody's really checking the, um, the, the the phones or the negative test things particularly closely. I mean, you've worked in nightclubs. It's not going to happen realistically, is it? I, I just find it difficult. I mean, I've, I've seen the state of people who arrive at nightclubs, never mind leave nightclubs, and asking them all to, I don't know, be on top of your vaccine status and having the right app. I, it just, I don't know, put hurdles in front of everybody and they'll find a way to trip over them. And people are like, oh, well, my battery's gone, so I can't show you, but I am... I am vaccinated, I promise you, and they'll just they'll just end up waving people through. Because, you know, seven quid on the door is better than kicking you out in the street, isn't it? Well, depends how late on the night it gets and how dis- uh, disruptive you get. But we will see. We'll see what happens with all that. On to footballers. We've we've got some footballers to talk about. Not just Urense. They're all coming back now. They all is, is Calvin back in pre-season? I think he is, isn't he? Now he's been starting his work. It was an 11 or 12-day break he mentioned post-Euros. Yeah, we, we put... Um, it was nice while it lasted on uh, Instagram, which um, I think it fed, it did that thing where it auto-posted to Twitter so you couldn't see the picture and you assumed it was him waving goodbye to Ellen Drove on his way to Old Trafford. Um, but it was actually just the end of his holiday with uh, Ben White and Salt Bay. Yes, he did see Salt Bay, didn't he? He was, he was photographed with the uh, the meat chief. Oh, is this the guy in, is he in Dubai or something? He's got restaurants all over now, yeah. He's got, um, I think they were in, they were not, were they not in one of the, Greek resorts, the, the lads who all went. Hashtag lads. He seems to put salt off his elbow. Seems to be his main thing that he does. Is yeah. That, is that worth paying for now? I mean, apparently the stakes are like 200 quid and not very good. That feels but, quite pricey to me. It's all relative, isn't it? Have you ever seen, you've been one of those um, steak places where you cook your own steak? Mm. You see, that that feels to me like a bit of a rip-off. You'll hate that, Michael. When you could <laughs> essentially you're removing their labour costs. They bring it on a stone, don't they, that's been heated up. And they go, there's a lump of, of meat and you need to now cook it yourself to your liking. I'm not a chef. Bring it to me right, please. Should bring you a little deep fat fryer as well. You can do your own chips. <laughs> like cutting, I mean, cutting your potatoes at the yeah. table. <laughs> Why not take it all the way? But I hope Calvin's had a nice break and I hope he's not put on a single kilogram or he'll have to just get on that track until it's gone. He must be coming back feeling absolutely bulletproof after the summer that he's had. I don't know. It feels like he's grown so much. Um, not like in terms of his weight. I just mean, you know, spiritually within his soul, like he... Like he was the one consoling people at Wembley on the pitch when the penalties were missed. I don't know, it, feel, it feels like he's, he's grown up. We've had a rites of passage summer. Do you think Saka's still messaging him all the time? It's like, I don't know how to cook this. Can how can, you send I, me some how can I get out of Arsenal? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got well, Lewis. Then Ben White is like, how can I, how can I get out of Arsenal? Is Too it, late. Has he gone? Has he gone now? No, well, he's, he's just coming back off his holiday, isn't he, now? So presumably he's going to go this week. The, the rumour is full. Me- somebody, somebody. Stage an intervention? Yeah, come on, Calvin. Don't worry about getting uh, back to pre-season. You can deal with that later. Save your mate. He needs your help. 
Well, as, as I said before, he'll go there now, sign his contract. If, let's say it's four years. He'll get to one year left. He's got, nah, I'm not, not renewing my contract now. Want to go to Leeds. So they'll sell him to us for a knockdown price. We get his prime years and uh, we get the band back together because Calvin's still with us and we are at that point qualifying for the Champions League. So in our 55,000 seat stadium. Which won't uh, Calvin by that point have been usurped by Louis Bate? Maybe so. Yeah, we, um, we've signed him. He seems pleased, doesn't he? It's a great feeling, he said after he signed his contract. Delighted to have finally signed. It's taken its time, but I'm glad to be here now. I mean, I'm moderately excited. People, it, it, as always is the case when a young player leaves a club, you get people saying he's the greatest player at, of his age and also people saying, he's shit, I'm glad he's leaving. Mainly, obviously, fans of Chelsea saying that, saying like, oh, he's not, he wouldn't, he'd never get near our team anyway. Pathetic. Good, he, he's, it's about time he's gone. I've we'll, been, pass, we'll pass him on the way up. I've been sick of, I mean, I'm not sure Chelsea will, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't necessarily work, does it, when you've just won the Champions League, but they'll pass him in the League Cup or something. I'm not sure exactly when he's going to play. He ain't, I think the, the clap back on this now is, he hasn't got an elite mentality. He hasn't got an elite mentality. He doesn't want to force his way in at Chelsea, but how many players have actually forced their way in at Chelsea? If you take out the um, the little Lampard mini era where he was forced to play younger players because he wasn't allowed to sign anybody because they've been cheating, they don't really blood a lot of youngsters. And I think it's great that there is a real pathway to the first team like that's how, how Leeds is perceived as a club I'm not sure uh, just, just ask Jamie Shackleton I was going to say Jamie Shackleton and Joe Gelhart and um, Sam Greenwood etc didn't I suppose didn't make that step last year did they but I suppose if the club are, are explaining how exactly it is going to work whereas the problem with Chelsea is they just when they need a midfielder they just go and spend like 50 million quid on one and then Izzy Brown or whoever is in has been in their reserves kind of going well I've done a couple of good loan spells I've I've proven myself, like like you oh, said, we, like you said, I should have done. We mentioned Izzy Brown, didn't we, on last week's show? And his and England then, prospects. Yeah, and in between recording it and releasing it, he got that injury. I did think that's, that would pro- his Achilles, that would have come off particularly heartless. I did, yeah. I did think we yeah. should probably have just clarified. We yeah. were, we were laughing about him playing for England at a point where we thought he was well, where his Achilles wasn't ruptured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poor lad. I mean, I, I do wish him well, but it, it's you know. Separate to that, the issue of Chelsea farming youngsters, which they do. That, that must be the perception within the game. They stockpile them all, don't they, and try and make profit on them. Yeah, and I suppose the flip side from a Leeds perspective is that Lewis Bay is looking at Kante at Chelsea and thinking, well, I'm not going to get into the team past him. And then he's looking at Dallas at Leeds and thinking, mm, well, maybe. So that's kind of the one other difference. And I think the assumption there as well is Chelsea, when Kante finally relents, they'll probably just sign somebody just as good for just as much money. Whereas when Stuart Dallas finally relents, we may give Lewis Bate a chance. So that's kind of the, the, the thing. So I'm looking at it from his, his perspective. I don't know if you, if he can uh, feel like he can go into the Leeds dressing room and, and look at the players there and feel like he, he stands a chance. Whereas maybe what he's up against at Chelsea, just in terms of uh, sheer... Well, he's up against Conor Gallagher, isn't he, Moscow? That's who he's up against. The well, challenge of, we, uh, of usurping Conor Gallagher. Before we need to move on to him, I think the, the thing we need to learn about Lewis Bate this season is where his hair starts, because mm. he's one of these people who doesn't have a parting. And it's just kind of, it seems like it just, it's been placed upon his head. It's Lego just, hair. Yeah, but not in a John Lukic. So, because John Lukic was like a bowl that was kind of combed down from the top. Whereas this is combed sideways, it looks like from, it might it might just perpetually curl around. Yeah. Like any, you could swivel the whole head. So they wrapped it around him like a bandage. It's like one of those um, puzzles, like an Escher puzzle, that where it's infinite. It just goes on forever and ever. Yeah. So that's the um, that's going to be the big mystery of of the season with Lewis Bay. I mean, I'm sure like he's perfectly adequate at football. I don't think there's any particular mysteries about him as a player. But his hair is something we definitely need to be, uh, don't know, try to judge his. Um, his expected hair. I mean, his hair and his eyebrows are basically interfacing as well in terms of level there, aren't they? There's a mm. there's a meeting of the hair. Yeah, so that's um, I'm interested in uh, in how that all works out. What I will say about him is that it sounds like he's slow because he explained, I am fast, as in how quick I think when the ball comes to me, which sounds like a way of saying, obviously I'm not fast fast. <laughs> I'm not like, you know, Max Gradle, Dan James fast. I'm sure that's exactly I'm, what he was thinking. I'm of. a good thinker. Yeah, well, Max Gradle, the obvious term of reference for any <laughs> any young player there. Is Max Gradle playing in the Olympics, did I hear? I'm sure, I'm sure I saw some, some discussion of this on Twitter. I believe he is, yeah. Well, that's worth watching. At the football? I can only assume so. Yeah. Doing skateboarding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Conor Gallagher then, he's the one who's been identified as the number one target. As we understand it, this came 
from the agent last Friday, trying to force this to a conclusion, probably to make him go to Palace because then he doesn't have to move house, does he? I mean, speaking of an elite mentality, do you want to go and work with one of the, the best coaches that has ever lived or can you not be asked to move house like a couple of hours away? I mean, Patrick Vieira, yeah. to his credit, wasn't a bad footballer. And if I was a midfielder and you were going to be coached by a legend in your position, I'd say Patrick Vieira is probably... I mean, to be fair, uh, the bar's quite low because he was coached by Sam Allardyce. Did, did Vieira, who was... Um, Last season. Jackie Harrison's coach at old, uh, what do you call it, New York City. Yeah, he was, was there that, at some point. Was that Vieira? I don't know if they overlapped. And look how crappy he was when he arrived. It took Bielsa to, to fix him. Well, yeah. Couldn't cross that's... a ball to save his fucking life, could he, for that first season? Look at him now. Well, I, I don't... I would have chosen Bielsa over Vieira anyway. A good player doesn't necessarily make a good coach. I mean, look at, look at Dave Hockaday. Great right back, but what did he do for us? Nothing. Look at one of Moscow's big United favourites, Phil Neville, as well. I'm talking uh, about um, football in America, not American football. Did you see the interview he's done? Because they're getting absolutely hammered in the league. They've won like one, one in 12 or something like that. And um, Phil Neville, did you see the interview that he did and how cliche riddled it was? Have, have a listen to this. We now need to start producing results on the field. And uh, football is a results business. This football club being in the position that it's in at this moment is, is unacceptable and, it, and it's not something that we enjoy. And we want to put that right. We, we have got two games in hand now, so we, we have to attack. We have to attack uh, that from now to the end of the season. I think we said it last week, 23 games uh, is, is, is the games we've got left. 23 cup finals, I feel as, as though that they are. And uh, I sense that the team are ready for the challenge. Now we need to go out there and produce. Now we need to go out there and, and stop talking. Just go out there and perform. 23 cup finals. That's too many cup finals, isn't it? I think I think you can say we've got three, we've got six. I think maybe six. Is six the most cup finals you can have to end a season on? You well, can't say it at the start of a season, can uh, you? It was football cliches who uh, were tweeting about this and one of the re, uh, the responses was that's a lot of uh, suits to be made and cup final records to produce, isn't it? So, yeah, uh, Phil Neville making a real success of it, like his big brother. Let's just um, remind everybody that this is Club Internacional de Football Miami, which is like somebody's, I mean, it, it's David Beckham's club, nicknamed. How do you get from Club Internacional de Football Miami to its nickname, The Herons? It's just, oh, it, what's the phrase? It's, um, is the heron that it's big? It's a vanity one? project. That's yeah. the one. Is it that long-legged bird, the heron? Yeah, long beak and that eats fish. Yeah, there's no wrong with a heron. In, in inherently, itself. inherently, nothing inherently wrong with a heron or Miami, but there is something wrong with just giving you fucking vanity project football team a fucking ridiculous name. I know when Phil Neville got the England and giving it to fucking Phil Neville to run. <laughs> I was going to say when he got the England women's job, there was that feeling that he'd got it because he was Phil Neville rather than because he was anything like a an acceptable coach, and that persisted throughout his time doing that job. And now he's more or less proved it because he's. He can't do this either. So football's mad, isn't it? Stop giving the Neville's jobs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Absolutely. Phil mad. Neville is he's also by far the most boring of the Neville brothers as well. Because Gary's all right on telly, and he's done some other good stuff. I suppose he's spoken quite well about Super League and all that. Phil Neville is a very, very boring man. Mm. Uh, back to Conor Gallagher. Do you want him? Or is, is it not exciting enough? If Marcelo wants him, what can we do? He's going to Palace. Just go to Palace. It doesn't feel like a, a thrilling thing to do, does it? But if it's a Bielsa's behest and we know that when Marcelo likes something he gets fixated on it and he wants it so what can you do? Poor old Jamie Shackleton. Do you want in Moscow? Do you want Conor Gallagher? Do you know who Phil Neville's assistant manager is? Conor Gallagher? Well assistant coach he has three assistant coaches Anthony Pulis son of Tony Pulis. Yeah okay he's got he's had an interesting career as well almost like his dad has got him contracts absolutely everywhere. Are you suggesting there's nepotism in football, Michael? Mm. In December 2004, after failing to make an impact on the Portsmouth first team, Anthony Pulis and teammate Lewis Buxton each signed two and a half year contracts with the elder Pulis's side, Stoke City. Ah, I see. Then he was loaned to Torquay straight away. And cetera, give, me an, give me an answer, Moscow. Do you want Conor Gallagher? Uh, I mean, if he's good, yes. If not, no. Great answer. I think there's um, <laughs> one of the uh, the big problems with it is that there's no prospect of being able to buy him. It's like the Ben White situation and some people are a bit angry that we might improve a player for Chelsea. But I don't know, it feels 
I'm not. I don't know if I can get myself to. Are you un- are you underwhelmed, that. whelmed, or overwhelmed? It feels to me like the player that we actually want to sign as our shiny new midfielder isn't available this summer. So we loan somebody from Chelsea just to fill the squad up until next summer. That and then don't worry about them having a like a right to buy them. And then the player that we actually want may be available. Then that's kind of the vibe I get. That's why I'm not really worried about um, a loan to buy thing with this Gallagher character. I get the feeling that um, if we were that bothered about having him permanently, that would be there. Oh, we do what we did with Jamal Blackman and, and just break his legs and send him back. <laughs> <laughs> Could do that out of spite, couldn't we? Just the final game of the season. Go into a t- just tell everybody in the dressing room you need to go in double hard in all your tackles, really bone crunching tackles. But actually, you've already told the rest of them. Like it only applies to Connor, so just go along with it. He's had a great season, and he's played thirty-seven consecutive games. But he's not going to play the last one because his femur has been shattered in training. <laughs> and I think that's fair. They did, after all, steal um, Tom Tyro and Michael Woods' offers, yeah. so they deserve it. Christopher Klassen, the um, Norwegian keeper, looks like he's coming in from from Valerenga, subject to getting through the the old um, work permit panel post Brexit scenario thing that you have to. Uh, you have to do the point system, so we'll uh, we'll watch that one. And well, it's not the point system so much because it doesn't seem like there's any way you can get enough points. So it's uh we have to kind of beg. It's going to an, uh, an appeals panel. Is that basically just trying to convince them that he's dead good? Yeah, the um, I think he's got some some of the reasons he doesn't have the points is because he did get an international call up, but COVID messed it up. And then the other thing he can do is because he's young, grow so. <laughs> Well, you can say, well, he's a young player, so yeah. you, we can have him on, on that basis. But then I don't know if, if it's... Um, he's going to have to work as an HGV driver as well or something. If it's based on his recent performances for Velarenga, if they're trying to argue, like, look, we, we can't find a goalkeeper this good anywhere in the country, <laughs> um, then they, they may struggle with that because uh, he's been looking a, a little bit BPF-ish in his last couple of games. His head may have been turned by the interest from Leeds United, Moscow. You have to just assume that, yeah, he's um, he's had a... He's, you know, distracted by all this going on in the background, and that's why seven goals have been put past him in the last two games, at least four of which have been... I mean, he basically caught the ball and dropped into over his goal line on one of them. It's been a bit of a... He's not done much to impress people in the last few games, but the uh, the all the games before that look like he's been very good. So that's that's what we should uh, concentrate on, not while he's having a bit of a, a bit of a flappy time. As far as players going out the other way... We obviously lost Pablo and Alioski this summer. First, let's do Pablo. He's gone back to Castellon. This news was breaking last week as we recorded, and it's been confirmed. Three-year deal uh, awarded to Pablo Hernandez by the owners of Castellon. Which feels does that feel like a gamble to you? Not for Pablo. I mean, look at him. He he looks. I mean, he looks pretty serious in the pictures, doesn't he? Looks like he means business. But it's still looking. It still looks well, doesn't it? Still looks lean. Doesn't look like he's he's let his summer away from Bielsa get to him because it would have, must be very tempting to to finally leave Ellen Road and the weight checks and just think fuck this did you see the photos and feel it all sad yeah a little bit but I'm glad he's home I'm glad he's gone there because I think that's where he wanted to go and I know earlier in the season the summer he was sniffing around a few other clubs but it feels like he's just going nah this is where I want to be let's just do the thing I want I've got enough money hopefully his year in Qatar and his promotion bonuses and all that sort of stuff means he's um, he's set up for life he doesn't strike me as a man who will have, uh, have lost all his money anyway. So if he can just have a, a good few years with his hometown club and get him back into the uh, the second tier again, I think it'd be a nice a nice ending for him. If you do want to buy a um, a Castellon kit, do we want to give a, a public health warning at this stage? It would be a return of the Macron, wouldn't it? And speaking of sponsors, there's just a Digi in massive letters across the front, which is slightly ugly. It's got a slightly weird badge as well. It does look a bit like a Valencia rip-off kit, doesn't it, as well, their badge? But it's just the regional kind of identity. Yeah. yeah it's the Valencia it, region, isn't at, it? At a glance, you do kind of have a... It's got a slight... Um, we've not had the proper licences to put Valencia on the game, <laughs> so we've put this this badge on with some slightly different animals and stripes on it. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it looks like a decent enough stadium, though. We can get... Speaking of the 3,000 limit on away tickets, probably at five or 6,000 at I, I looked at the calendar... And Castellon's final game of the season is on my birthday, the bank holiday weekend in 2022, after the end of the Premier League season. So, could we? Assuming Plague Island has sorted itself out by that time? Are you, yeah. I mean, are you, are you referring to us or Spain? Us. Oh, we're definitely the island, I suppose, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to go and see him again. 
we might be one of those awkward things where he's not that pleased to see us. <laughs> might I'll go over and see him and he'll be like, Pablo, it's it's all the Leeds fans we come to see you. He'll be like, uh, yeah, that's, that's good. That's yeah, don't, good. Don't destroy my nice town. Because <laughs> Castellon does look nice. Anyway, uh, Alioski, as we mentioned there, he's gone. Mixed feelings about it and the fact that he didn't do the bad thing, even though it looks like it was very close to it happening. Reports would suggest he'd agreed terms, but for whatever reason, it didn't go through. Because he got Patrick Fernand out. Yeah, do you feel like... And also, you know, what reports, who reported it. Do you feel any ill will towards him for agreeing terms, if that's correct? A little bit, I suppose. He's done the right and moral thing now and gone to sign for a club in Saudi Arabia, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, this is the double standard of it. We're like, he can't go there. That'd be a a morally dreadful thing to do. And then everyone's gone, oh, thank God for that. He's he's taken the money in Saudi Arabia. What a a fine choice. Oh... Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad he's, he's not gone there, I've got to say. That, he may that, have looked at it, and that in itself, you could argue, is as bad as actually doing it. It's for us, isn't it? It allows us to square that circle. Yeah, it means we can just not have to, in the same way as we do with QL stuff, go, yeah, he's got that really good goal where he sort of looped it off the outside of his foot and in off the bar, but you go, yeah, it's yeah. that's, a, that's kind of That's kind of ruined it a bit. He has very clearly taken the money, because that is, let's face it, the only reason anyone goes to Saudi Arabia is not, as much as when players sign there, I'm sure they don't say the money's dead good, the league is a pile of shit. That is kind of the case there. No one actually wants to play in Saudi Arabia. I and mean, he, he was perfectly capable of playing in the Premier League, as he showed last year. He's maybe not a, a star of it, but he's good enough to play in it. And he would have been good enough to play in a different top league in Europe. But at the stage of it is the career that he's at and the career he'd had up to Leeds, I guess, means he's not earned a fortune. I'm not sure I can blame him necessarily for wanting a big final contract. It's not even his final contract if he's only gone there for two years he'll still only be what 32 so it's plenty of time and there are um although i i'd share the concerns about the human rights problems in saudi arabia he does have a couple of other reasons beyond the money that you can kind of see why he's gone there because their manager at the moment he's just taken over in july is besnik hasi who is a albanian a kosovan albanian so um which is alioski is a Macedonian Albanian. There's a crossover there where you can see right. Oh, okay. This is why he knows this player. And Hasi has signed. Well, I ended up reading about his style of play at Anderlecht when he was regarded as one of the top fifty coaches under fifty in 2015. He was above uh, number 37 Sean Dyche and number 35 Gary Monk. <laughs> Was number 31, Besnich Hashi, and he plays with very high attacking fullbacks, inverted wingers and attacking fullbacks overlapping almost as second wingers. Um, so there's actually, there's a legitimate then style of play reason why Alioski actually fits into how I assume he still plays five years later on and have signed um, their new midfielder for next season is Paulinho the Spurs-Barcelona player who went to China and now is back in his at the Olympics with Brazil at the moment, if it's the same one. I always get confused about how many Paulinhos there are um, around the world. And he's got the, um, I think you you're probably likely to re-sign, but it's um, Marin, the guy that Chelsea bought from Germany for about seven million and then just loaned out to everybody who was part of Hasi's Anderlecht team. When I've, I have no idea who half of these people are. <laughs> well... <laughs> Just trust me on this. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm on board. I'm on board. And then you package that all together and they're playing in front of 60,000 people, you know, and the lifestyle is on top of the £5 million tax-free over two years. It adds up to sort of a more compelling package for a a footballer than just he's going to toss it off in Saudi Arabia for two years doing out, which I think from a, a Premier League perspective, you can tend to look at leagues in other countries and and feel that way so there's i think there's probably those things as well don't seem coincidental like it's not just he's only ended up there because there's a bag of cash there is a manager there who he has some kind of geographic and linguistic and uh, social connection with and a style of play that ought to suit him and um a league that i mean it's like fucking scotland you know celtic and rangers get 50,000 people into their games but it's you know um, and attract big players on that basis so I didn't say you know that some of these games are real fucking you don't know what it's like I don't know what the Cheddar Derby must be like on a crucial 
big weekend in Saudi Arabia's top league, it could be one of the most exciting football it's matches not in the, the world. It's not the backwater then that it's it, you necessarily think of, because that was always the, the stereotype when you heard of players going off to the Middle East, uh, you know, like in the 80s or whatever. Yeah. It was basically the death knell of your career, whereas actually it sounds like, yeah, of course he's gone for the money, which we should add, when you factor in, it's presumably going to be tax-free, when you tot it up the other way, it's about 70 or 80 grand a week he would have been on in the Premier League to get the same outcome after tax. So it makes sense, doesn't it? And you get you get, also get the sense that, you know, when we spoke to Victor Orta on the Phil Hay show and he was talking about how he'd spoken to Alioski and he'd made like an argument with him to, to stay. And I guess it was, do you want to stay and cement your legacy at Leeds, but you're going to earn far less than this offer from, you know, that club in Turkey and... Uh, from Saudi Arabia or whatever. It's, you know, what do you want to be? Do you want to be remembered as a Premier League footballer or somebody who chased the cash or blew up his legacy by going there? And really, how much is Gianni Alioski going to achieve in his career? He's not going to win the World Cup. He's not going to win the Champions League. Even if it stayed at Leeds, you know, are we going to win a European trophy in that time? Are we going to win the Premier League with Gianni Alioski at left-back? He's played in the Premier League, so he can tick that off. He's won promotion with Leeds tonight, so he can tick that off. He's played at the Euros with North Macedonia, the first North Macedonia team that's ever done that. They can still, he'll still be part of the North Macedonia team trying to qualify for the World Cup, which is something they've never done before. And that's their, their next big target. So in terms of achievement, it's like, you know, what's, what's left for him to, to realistically do? What league was he going to go to where he's going to be part of a team that's realistically going to win a trophy. He's not going to sign for Bayern Munich and win the Bundesliga. He's not going to sign for Barcelona and win the La Liga. So money, lifestyle, coach that knows him and he knows style of play that will suit him. Experience that he's never had before. Adventure, you know, fuck it, go and play in Saudi Arabia. He's Muslim as well, so there may be a curiosity around um, the religious aspect there. Exactly. So there's there's a lot of... um, you know, obviously the the massive bag of cash is the the main driver here. I'm just going to t- trying to argue against the idea that he's essentially given up. I think it's just it's obviously not a, a football motivated decision, is it? Because staying at Leeds in the Premier League is a far better level of football, and it would be a far more testing career move to just try and stay here and stay around that group of players and be at a club that is seemingly growing and aiming for European football and stuff next season. It's it. It isn't going to be a very good standard over there because it is it is a place where players go for the money. You don't you don't tend to get a player in the prime of their career going there. You get journeymen who are either have been at big clubs and want a final paycheck, or you get a load of random Brazilians who can earn a decent amount of cash there, which maybe they won't they won't get because you know no one in France wants to buy them, for example. So, but you know what, it's hard. I can see that it would be very very hard to turn down. No one has ever offered me eighty thousand pounds a week, and I think I would struggle to say no to it. Yeah. Would you take it? You, yeah, I would. I, I probably would. Yes. And the flip side, if he if he stayed in the Premier League for the standard of football, and then he's playing in the under twenty threes every week as junior mm-hmm. football ace, then you know what kind of standard is he playing in the under twenty threes? Well, at least we can say when we look back on it in five, ten years' time, he left us after achieving. <laughs> I keep going on about this, but I get the feeling five, ten years' time, people will be going. Who did play left back for as well? We got promoted. <laughs> don't remember. What, what it means is we, we, and I said this is from our point of view rather than his, is that we don't have to now absolutely hate on him or look back on everything, as you said, Michael, there and go, oh, but he did this. So, okay, fine. Wish him the best. And uh, let's enjoy Junior Furpo. Hey, if you want to get some more football under your belt, by the way, Sunday the 15th of August, Leeds United women are playing Stockport at Tadcaster Albion. It's normally like a Sunday two o'clock kickoff, isn't it, Moscow, for these these games, but they are prone to moving occasionally. Yes. Or, so, or just being cancelled altogether as been the, the last two seasons, I think, if they can um, actually get the games played. But yes, Sunday's at two at Tadcaster for the home games. So we can beat Man United, also a club from not in Manchester, because they're in Salford, and then we can beat Stockport, because they're also not a club in Manchester. It's revenge for Liam Dickinson, he played for Stockport, didn't he? So, bit of fire in this one. These should count towards your uh, your loyalty points. Going to throw that in there. Right, lovely. Thanks for uh, sticking with us on this one. We will be back with more next week as the season creeps closer. Full review of all the pre-season stuff on the way next week too. Don't forget to check out the summer special that's available on our website at thesquareball.net and we'll catch you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.